0: That no matter where we are in life, that you are right there in the midst of it with us. God, you said that if we make our bed in hell, that you're there. God, whether we're standing and praising you, God, or we're begging for forgiveness on our knees, you are there. I'm so thankful that every situation that is going on in this room, that you care for the people that are going through that, Lord. That there's nothing that can't be forgiven. There's nothing that can't be restored. There's nothing that can't be overcome. God, that you have the power to do that. Lord, and I'm so thankful that you give us your word as a God and that you will give us the answers that we need if we'll seek them out. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's sitting here because they want to hear from you. God, I pray that you would just give us a humble and moldable heart, Lord. You said if your people will humble themselves and pray that you will hear our prayer and heal our land. God, I know that there's some land here that needs to be restored and there's some some wounds that need to be healed. And I, God, God, I pray that you would just move on behalf of what Jesus has done for us. God, for the lost people that are sitting in this room, Lord, I pray that you would just show them their need for you. God, that you, you would just make them sick of the chaos that they're living in. And God, that you would bring them to a place where they see how good you are and how much you love them and what you've done to save their soul. And I pray that that would happen this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: Three to seven can be dismissed for Children's Church. What do I do with this? Keep it closer. The rest of you, if you would, open with me to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2 in just a moment. As I uh, prepared for this message, um, I was supposed to... Speak last month, and we got sick. All of my family got sick with the flu, and I had prepared a message uh, well over a month ago. And as it became my time to preach this month, I reverted back to that same message that I had prepared for because I didn't get a chance to preach it. I got comfortable with it, I had studied it for over a month. I knew every verse by memory. It was with what I was comfortable of preaching. And I always go to my wife before I get up and preach and and talk to her about what I've been studying and and what I'm gonna preach about over and get her opinion on it. And I thank God that she's honest and blunt. even though it's not what I want to hear sometimes, but as I spoke to her about the message I had written down, I could see that her mind was drifting. And I was having a hard time even explaining to her what I had studied. The words wouldn't come. Nothing made sense. And as I continued in this, I just broke down. I started crying. Because you see, I have no formal education. I was homeschooled after the 8th grade. I started working. By the time I was 15, I was working full time. I was dyslexic, ADD. I have not been to seminary When I did go to some classes like that, I sat in the back and I didn't understand anything that they were talking about. So I want you to understand that it's very hard for me to follow men of God who who are very eloquent in speech and they know the scripture. And one of my favorite scriptures to quote is in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 and it says, to study, to show thyself approved unto God. Worker who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I'm guilty of studying to show myself approved, but not to God. See, I want to be approved among you. I want to come up with something eloquent. Something that just is is so in-depth that you've never heard it before and it impacts your life. And not necessarily because I want people to like me. Out of selfish ambition. But I I so want to be used by God. I want to be, I, I want Him to make me effective that I forget that this isn't even about me. It's not how much I know, it's who I know. And if I can get up here and preach a message no matter how eloquent it is and we do not see God, I have preached in vain. And he reminded me of this yesterday. And he broke me. Because it's when I'm broken, it's when I run to him. I don't preach for your approval. I preach to see the face of God. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I want you to focus in on that last couple of verses there. And I want to ask you a question. How many of you want to see a move of God in your life? Maybe you're here and your marriage needs to be restored. Or your loved ones, someone you know, at any moment could pass away and they do not know Jesus. And you need to see God move on their lives. Move in your life in such a way that there is no denying that you have seen the power of God. Many of us here have seen that, but maybe we've forgotten I'm so tired of coming to church and leaving the same. Where, where, is the, where is the men and women of God who will come up here and pray and say, I will not leave until I see God move. We wonder why we don't see God move because we come here and we limit the time that we have. See, we all have a point. We want to see God move, but we are only willing to go so far to get there. The scripture says that Jesus' point was the point of death. There was no point for Him. What is your point? Many of us, we want to be closer to God. We want to have a more intimate prayer life. So we wake up ten minutes earlier before we have to go To work, and we pray, and we limit our time while as we're watching the clock. Well, I gotta go now. Instead of saying there and sitting there and say, "Lord, I will not leave until I hear from you." Many of us we want to see healing in our lives, healing over addictions, physical healings, whatever it may be, spiritual warfare in our lives. We want. God to move in such a way that it draws us so close to Him that we know that we are in the presence of the Lord. But we will not pray or seek His face. Because we become so busy. We say, Lord, we want all these blessings, but we're only willing to go so far to get it. You know, on this passage of Scripture, I think about Jesus before the cross as he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. I was reading that passage this week and it says that Jesus, his life, his body was in agony. The things of this that was coming against him, what he was about to have to do, had he was in agony and he was sweating drops of blood. I mean I think about me as In my life of having all hell come against me and I say, Lord, I don't want to get up there and preach. And when I do, when I try to make that stand, it seems all hell continues to come against you more and more and more. And I want to quit. And I want to say, Lord, you can have this stuff back. You've called me to preach. And this is what I get in return. I get no response. I don't see that my ministry is effective. No one's calling me to counsel them. I'm not seeing people saved. And when I do, I I want to quit. But I'm reminded of these passages of Scripture When Jesus said the night before he was to be crucified for all mankind. He said, Lord, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, Lord, if Father, if there is any way that I can be the man that I need to be without this sacrifice, would you take this cup from me? The Father quickly reminded him, there is no other way. See, I want you to think about that for a moment. What if Jesus would have had a point that he was willing to go and then stop, like many of us in our spiritual walks. Many of us in our lives were willing to go to church for an hour, but then that's all we're willing to give up. We're not willing to go beyond. Jesus would have been... A good man. Jesus would have been a great teacher. We would probably have a few books of his writings that we could go and study. Jesus would have been known as a miracle worker. Maybe even a healer. But without the death of the cross, he would not have been my savior. if He was willing to only go that far, none of the other things He had done would have mattered to me now. See, in Hebrews it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Without the death of the cross, we would have no hope. Without Jesus going above and beyond, we wouldn't have no hope. And when I want to quit, when I prepare for these messages, and I struggle and struggle with trying to get something together and make it sound great, and I say, Lord, I don't want this. I don't understand anything I'm reading. Nothing makes sense. I don't want to go up there and look foolish. Foolish. So Lord, if there's any way I can be the man of God you have called me to be without this, would you take it? And I'm quickly reminded through my children. In many ways, when we're riding in the car the other day, and one of my children's friends says, Hey, have you all seen this movie? And the look on my children's face in shock, and they said, we can't watch them kind of movies. Jesus wouldn't approve of that. And they take a stand for God's Word. Or when another one asks them and says, I want to be a football player, and I want to be a doctor, and I want to do this when I grow up. What do you want to be? And my son says, I want to be a preacher. Like my daddy. When my children are out playing and I hear them and I go and I look and they're standing on the tailgate of my truck and my daughter's singing to the Lord, to the top of her lungs. And after she gets through singing, she gets down. And my son gets up and i realize realized they're playing church. And he says, praise him. He is worth And I'm quickly reminded I cannot be that man without making the sacrifices and going beyond the quit. See, it takes sacrifice to see a move of God. Many of us here, if I ask you, who wants to see God move today, would raise their hand. But are you willing to stay here as long as it takes to see Him move. See, we want to limit and say, okay, let's start the music now because we have to go eat. And we wait here for 30 minutes an hour and then we give up. And we leave here and we really didn't see God. Sure, we had a good time. We got to fellowship and we got to worship. And I'm not speaking... Just about you. I want you to understand that I'm sick and tired in my own soul of coming here and not expecting a move of God. I'm sick and tired of saying to my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'll pray for you. And I go home and I don't do anything. Or if I do, it's right before I go to bed and I mention a little prayer. And I'm not on my face day after day. Seeking the Lord and praying and saying, Lord, I will not leave here until you answer me. See, I was reading as I prepared this and I read about Jacob as he wrestled with the Lord. And what stuck with me in that passage is said he wrestled with the Lord all night long. He claimed to Jesus he says, I will not let go until you bless me. God, I want to be that kind of a man. I want to be the kind of man who fights and wrestles with the Lord. I will not quit until my family is saved. I will not quit until you call me home. You know that night Jacob wrestled with the Lord. The Lord changed his name to Israel, and that means he contends with God. Are we men and women who truly contends with God, seeks His face, clings to Him? We wonder why our marriages are falling apart and our churches are falling apart and we're not being effective because we come in here over routine and we make things so we we we're doing things out of our own wills we try to make things happen instead of waiting here until god truly moves Me and my wife and children, because we had been searching for things appropriate to watch, we had gotten uh, into "The Little House on the Prairie, and I had mentioned that in one of my former sermons. But we've now gone through all of the seasons. And one of the last episodes I watched, I want you to take this however you're going to take it. Because it is just a TV show. Maybe there's some doctrinal things in there that's not correct, so be it. But as we watch this, one of these last episodes, there was this episode where Charles Ingalls, the father, he had had a son that they had adopted, and the son was injured, and he was left in a coma. He was completely paralyzed. He couldn't walk, talk, do anything. They had taken him to all the doctors. All the doctors told him the same thing. There's no hope. Even to the point where his own family was telling him, you just need to give up all hope. You need need to accept that your son's not going to make it. But he would not quit. He continued to pray and fast for this little boy. Everybody else thought he was crazy. But you know the Bible says something about unless you're willing to forsake your father, your mother. When people think you're nuts, you still have hope in Christ. But he continues to pray and he he gets to a point where he says, I've just got to go. I've got to go be alone with God. And he takes this young boy with him and he goes out into the woods. And he just goes out there until he feels like this is the place God wants him to be. And he sets up camp and he's continuing to pray and nothing's happening. And one night he's reading the Bible to his son who's in a complete coma, who is non-responsive. And he's reading. And he'd been out there for weeks. His hair's everywhere. He's got a long beard. He's starving. But he wouldn't leave. And he's reading the Scripture, and it was in Exodus chapter... Let me find it here. Exodus chapter 20 or 21, Exodus chapter 20. And it's where God commanded Israel to build an altar of stone to sacrifice upon it. And as he's reading these words, he looks up and he says, I'll build it. I don't know why, but I'll build it. And he builds an altar To the Lord. And he prays at this altar. Day after day, still nothing. And he's out there. But he looks up and he says, Lord, I will not leave this place until I hear from you. God, how I want to be that man. God comes and God heals that boy in that show. But the important thing about it was is that before that he says, if God doesn't, will you lose your faith? He says, No. But I won't leave here until I hear from God. And that stuck, maybe not make sense to you, but that stuck with me because I have a boy. And I'm sick and tired of praying God healing. But not even believing that he will. I'm sick and God, I'm sick and tired of it being in my heart to say when have I gone out to the woods am I willing to go that far that I want somebody saved so bad that I'm willing to go out there and stay out there and say lord I will not come back until you save them will I take him and I go and I will sit there and I will say I won't make no money I I I will not leave That's what we're in desperate need of. If I get up here and I preach. And we leave here and we haven't seen God today. We've done all this in vain. I pray that this simple message gets to your heart. As it did mine. And that we as men and women of God. Because I believe that there's many of you here. You've been in the presence of the Lord. And maybe you've forgotten, but me, I've been there, and I cannot live without him. I can't go on living in this life without him. And oh, how I want to see him this morning move. I pray that you stand with me this morning, that we wouldn't just go through the motions, but that we would come up here or wherever you're at this morning, and that we would not leave Until we see God move. Lord, I just love you. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you...